pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Is that your favorite Judge Judy thing? That's really the only Judge Judy phrase that I know That's by what heart. I remember, but I feel like that's not real. I feel like that's an SNL skit. Are you serious? I feel like it is. If it if it's not actually Judge Judy, it's sure. a goddamn shame. I don't know if it actually is. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. I feel like it's Sherry O'Terry or some shit. Really? I don't know. Well, we're going to find out. I don't, what, did she do Judge Judy? I don't was it even would it be her? Sherry O'Terry that would be doing that? That's, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Judge Judy. Judge Judy. <laughs> Are you trying of, to do her as... What was it? Doing Sherry O'Terry doing... Barbara Walters? This is... No. 2020. She was very uh, teeth. Hey, what's up, guys? This is <laughs> this is Couple of Critics Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Sam. And we're here just chitting and chatting. About stuff that doesn't matter. Shitting and shatting. And with uh, Michelle sharp farts. I do have sharp farts, <laughs> and I've read that that means that uh, you should drink more water. And it's fair that I'm probably dehydrated. I think we're we're all dehydrated. But even though I mostly I mostly just drink water these days. The human race is generally dehydrated. I would I would say that that's very true. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people aren't drinking the right things. No. Like people aren't actually getting enough water. I listened to, I can't remember what the podcast was called, but I think it was how, it doesn't matter what it was called, but they were talking about how they think a human still gets enough water through like sodas and juices. And I don't see, I, I can understand that you're getting the amount of water through it, but doesn't the other stuff like negate that? I haven't been listening to anything that you've said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm totally rude because I just noticed. I'm ruined. Well, I just, I looked it up and it is not an SNL skit. Is it really Judge Judy? Judge Judy Shinelin released a book titled Don't Pee on My Leg and Tell Me It's Raining. It's a beautiful phrase. I mean, I agree, but it is her through and through. <laughs> now, please, I'm sorry. Oops, we're sorry, Judge Go back and say what you were saying because I totally stopped listening. I don't know if what I was saying was interesting. Okay. <laughs> we can just skip that. <laughs> okay, I'm really sorry. That was so rude. I think you were right to not listen. <laughs> I, I Norm- thought this was much more interesting. Normally a person could be offended, but I was bored of listening to it while I was saying it. That's so. fair. So this was Couple of Critics Podcast. Welcome. And what we do here is... Sam and I, we're a couple, we're married, we've been together for a while. But we don't wear rings. That's correct, we don't wear rings, we are untraditional, we didn't have an actual wedding, we had a courthouse wedding. Yeah, where they gave us uh, 25 cent rings. Maybe. Yeah, I think the kind that you buy out of a vending machine deal. They were cheap as fuck. Do you still have that? I think so, I think I saved it. Did you save mine? I bet mine in like half and then a quarter and then I think I threw it away because we ate at McDonald's like two classy newlyweds right after the wedding. You don't remember that? Of course I do. Oh, sorry. But you're asking me if I kept something that you remember folding up and throwing away. So you're assuming that I would have gotten in the trash and kept it? I don't remember the throwing away part. Okay, so let's go back because I was going to explain what we do. But what you like to do 
is interject and I do it too but I like to pretend like I don't do it when you do it and I'm irritated (laughs) that made me feel so good that you just said that (laughs) so (laughs) couple of critics podcast we are two people who we don't like each other's stuff we don't even like each other half the time (laughs) so we we listen to each other's music we watch each other's things uh, and we talk about it and we say we give our opinions. We say if, you know, is this something that I'm interested? Would I flush it down the toilet or would I would I go out of my way in 2020 and buy it from a store? Would you flush it down a toilet or buy it from a store? <laughs> we actually did each other's opposite. We did each other's parts there. Oh, whoops. No, I think it's fine. I don't think so. We're going to have to go back it and doesn't, that It's out. not a mistake, Sam. Oh, my God. I'm going to cut just, myself. We're just ripping. We're ripping and tearing. We're just... <laughs> we're moving things along. That guy was so we're fucking nasty. We're just flowing. Most guys are. And ripping we're just flowing through. And we don't have to be right. That's another thing. This is very opinion-based. We say things to make you laugh. We have no credentials as far no. as making uh, people who have any authority in trying to make someone laugh or giving an opinion about music. Sam's definitely a little more trained than I am. He was a band kid. He's been in bands. I was a choir girl. I've done nothing with my life. And <laughs> whoop, here we are. We just uh, we, we have a podcast and we talk about each other's things. Every once in a while, we might have some guests. We're going to pick that up again here soon. Yes. Next episode, right? Next episode. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Because you're gonna, we're going to tell you what the next album is at the end. We do that. Yeah, that, if you don't know, if you've never listened. I don't know why this would be your first episode, but... Hi. <laughs> I did the thing again. Sometimes I wait for you to, to say something actually interesting, and it just doesn't happen. No, I overthink it. I start like, I'm going to try is? and be clever, and then I just fucking... It doesn't seem like you're overthinking. Boom. It just seems like you're, you are you look like an excited boy. You have just like a <laughs> blank look in your eye and a smile on your face. Remember that uh, documentary now, that bowling episode with Dead Eyes? Oh, yeah. We just watched it last <laughs> night. What was it? Dead Eye something. Dead Eye Dempsey? Dempsey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My favorite episode still that I've seen. It's the co-op episode, 100%. Richard Kind. And that's because I love Richard Kind. It's pretty funny. But anyway, you were saying that we do this podcast. Yeah, I explained what we do, and this is what we do. So this week, we listened to something that you provided for us. Sam, because people can't read what's next. Uh, This next time was for the first time ever. I think easy on you. That's not for the first time ever. Really? Are you out of your mind? I felt like it was Are the first you, time. Because you don't remember anything. That's true. That's very true. And you're the one who's cleaned your act up, and you're the one who still can't remember oh, anything. The memory was not because of the pot. My the memory was just because I have a bad memory. I've always had a bad memory, too, <laughs> but it's definitely something that I've uh, pissed away with pot. <laughs> I've pissed my memory down the pot. That- that definitely happens. It, you know when you meet potheads oh, who are like, didn't affect me in any way. Like, bullshit, dude. Where are your keys right now? You I, don't fucking know. Well, when people love something so much, they pretend that there could not potentially be any side effects, any negative, whatever. There's all kinds of negative 
aspects of pot. I'm not even going to pretend like it hasn't made me a lazy sack of shit because I've let it make me a lazy sack of shit. Baby, I like to sit around. <laughs> but I also don't have a car, so I'm like, I can't really go places. Working on it. Uh, we listened to Jimmy, the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Yes. Axis Bold as Love, his second album. Which is really interesting because I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've read the little bit that's on Google Play, the little description. I, I didn't read the Google Play description, but I read about this album. What's it say in the Google well, Play this description? Is provided by Wikipedia. So oh, I read the Wikipedia. So, so okay. Well, it's just talking about how it was recorded to fulfill the experiences contract. Oh, it didn't. I didn't read any of that. That's what it. Uh, that's what it says here. I don't huh. know how accurate it is. But it says that uh, they thought that it would interfere with the sales of the first album. So the U.S. waited and released it the following year. Because I guess, like, Are You Experienced and Access Bold as Love both came out in 1967. Yeah, the same which year. Which is insane. I read that six months after Are You Experienced came out. And then they waited a month to put it out in the U.S. So it was only seven months after that it doesn't say how much but no yeah. it once said december to may huh well i don't know who's right man so that's six months what i read it was only a pushed a month six months from the european release and then a month after that the u.s finally released yeah it. so in the u.s or yeah so in the uk i'm sorry it did actually come out two albums in one year but they didn't want to do that they wanted to kind of get more sales out of the first one. So they prolonged it and pushed it back for the U S release. But anyway, I think that that's a crazy contract anyway, to be forced to come up with two fucking albums in a year. Yeah. I didn't read any of that. So that's very interesting. I just thought they were just, you know, on the road and fucking going at it, you know, like uh, writing songs and just getting to it. You know, when a band goes on tour for a long period of time, they get so tight playing together that sometimes they just get on a roll. Yeah, but and sometimes they can just fucking pump shit out. But sometimes they're not really thinking, and they I assume they may, some may get lost in like a creativity slump oh, because yeah. they're just partying and have a good time, having oh, a good time and doing the same things over and over. Oh yeah, doing a lot of acid. <laughs> and but I I mean it depends on what kind of person and artist you are and if you're able to like keep going and keep producing things. But still, I think. The expectations back in the day for what they expected people to come out with, which oftentimes there were double albums, I mean, two albums in a year, two different albums. It's insane to me that so many, so many artists did that. When you're on that roll, man, you're on that roll. I read the two, Electric Ladyland came out in 1968. It's only a year after. So like the three amazing Jimi Hendrix Experience albums come out. In a very, very short amount of time. Well, he technically had a very short career, didn't he? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm not sure because I don't know when all like the Band of Gypsies stuff happened. and I feel like that all overlapped. Like all at the same time. Jimi Hendrix years. Not hears. Years. Hears. Jimi Hendrix hears well. Active. Well, he doesn't hear anything oh, anymore. Yeah. He's rotted in the ground. I think he was buried or you think he was burnt? I, he was buried, I believe. He was only active for seven years. Seven years. 1963 to 1970. Jamming his ass So off. he came out with all of this classic shit right before he died. 
Really? Huh. I mean, he died in 70. Wow. So this was all that is like... so weird because... In like, such a short time frame. I remember watching the, the Ginger Baker documentary, Beware of Mr. Baker. Mm-hmm. And they did a little interview with Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Is it Ulrich or is it Ulrich? Ulrich. I don't know. I like to say Ulrich. I don't like to say anything. You don't like to say anything about Lars. <laughs> not nice. So I'm not supposed to say anything at all. But he was talking about how Cream had such a short career. And he's like, we've had tours that lasted longer than that entire band's career. Cream was just like two albums, wasn't it? Two or three. Maybe three and it was like within three years, I think. Yeah, it was a very short amount of time. Done. But I guess when you're working with Ginger Baker, it's kind of hard to... Uh, deal with that all the time and again since it's not on netflix anymore you should definitely watch beware of ginger or mr baker on youtube which it is in its entirety it is very interesting especially when uh eric clapton thought that he got away from ginger baker after cream and (laughs) and it turns out uh he's they were going to be working together again yeah that part it's so funny because Ginger Baker in that's like, Eric's my only true friend. And Eric Clapton's like, he's a psycho. I don't, I don't fucking know. He's like, we don't talk to each other. Like, I mean, like, we're fine. But yeah, it's crazy. So what do you say we get into this album? I say it's a good idea. This is a very short album in the scheme of things. So I do have some covers and things like that. But we'll get to it when we get to it. It's not really technically a short album. It's just that the songs aren't very long. Like, there are a decent amount of songs on here. It's only like a 36-minute runtime. Yeah, but I'm saying there's still... An, it's not like eight tracks. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm talking actual runtime, though. Like, like Kent and I used to talk about it. Like, if it was less than 60 minutes of music, you almost feel like, oh, was was that... What, what just happened? I'm already done with this fucking thing? But then I ended up loving so many punk bands and stuff that the albums were like 22 fucking minutes. So. Isn't it funny how pretentious kids can be (laughs) who know nothing about the world and but like teenagers and 20 year olds think that they know fucking everything if i made an album it would be two hours long what what, what just happened i nothing (laughs) (laughs) well if i made an album it would be two hours long which would be unlistenable yeah it's still 13 (laughs) tracks so it's it's not uh whatever let's get this started starting with exp baby what does it mean? It means, uh, especially. It's not experience. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to radio station. I can't stand it when adults say especially. Espresso. Espresso is bad, but especially <laughs> that's even worse. Uh, please, Mr. Crusoe, could you give us your this is like a little bit nonsense about spaceships and even like a little space people. bit because he's an alien. Isn't he's that what we're supposed man. to believe that he is? Not of this earth. Fuck, if you look at the size of his fingers, then yeah. And the size of his dick. It's hard to see his <laughs> fingers when they're inside of you. Oh. Bullshit, he'd still have like four inches left of finger getting in the deepest veg. <laughs> you know, how deep have you gone? How deep is your love? Uh, elbow. How deep is your love? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say this. I always skip this track when I listen to this album. Yeah, I do too. It's just noise. It's just noise and weirdo stuff. But it's like guitar-made noise, which is interesting. Yeah. It's not... Um, Feedback and shit like that. Yeah, it's not actually made by just a computer. So I do think it is interesting that it is him actually manipulating an instrument to do this. Wow, wow, wow. Even though I also, yeah, I skipped this. I read that uh, this album is when other record engineers found out that Jimmy was 
very good behind the board. Like he understood actual recording techniques and mixing techniques and he was how used, to fuck with stuff. Well, he was huge with panning. Oh yeah, this is like when when panning came out. I remember I think Weird Al said it. Auto tune. It's just like when panning came out. Everyone overused it. Auto tune can be used in small things, but it just got overused because it was new technology. And it wasn't even new. It was just well, the way they were using how it was, it was new. being used. Yeah, yeah. So then people used it like we're going on to up from as the skies. A thing. Yeah. I wanna do you no more. This album fucking jams. I can't remember how I got into this album. I assume it was your family influence because your family loves Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I'm sure there was an influence on just knowing that it's supposed to be good. But there was a long time. I fought a lot of bands that my family were obsessed with. I mean, I liked The Doors when I was younger a lot. And that was maybe like one of the few that got through. Like, I didn't listen to Zeppelin until I got with you. Correct. I didn't listen to Hendrix until much later. Probably the same time I got with you. But then I think I remember listening to the first Are You Experienced album. I was like, yeah, I know all these songs, kind of. And then I listened to this album, and it was like, I barely know any songs from this album. And really? So, and so my natural way of being is, I, if it's not as known, then I'm more likely to like it, you know, since I'm that kind of prick. If everyone likes it, I'm... Until... 10 years later when I'm like man did you have you heard this and everybody's like yeah 10 fucking years ago <laughs> yeah. so my being someone who would you know in the, the time of iPods and such I was downloading a lot of tracks yes and I was familiar with almost every, uh, I would say more than half of the songs on this album really? for sure before you and I was introduced to it as a whole because I listened to a lot of Hendrix just not structured in album form but I still listen to most of these songs I'd say did you have a phase where this t- era of music was being sought out more like more Zeppelin more Doors more Hendrix yeah when I was like 18, 19, I started really getting into more like psychedelic rock of the 60s and the 70s, a little bit more 60s, late 60s. Did it have anything to do with Reefer? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Because I loved Zeppelin and Hendrix was just always a good groove. Not a great voice great songs no and he would have agreed with you he hated his voice right from what i remember reading and things he, he wished that someone else could have actually performed them but i think i thought you were the one who told me that they were like no you're jimmy you're the man like you've gotta you've gotta sing man i like his voice yo jimmy man i like his voice because it's like it's lazy sometimes it's just almost speaking yeah, he doesn't usually hit notes. He's not like very well. He's not like in the stars misplaced. He's like in the stars misplaced. It's a, in the hey, stars, it's a change of. Did it wasn't a byproduct of being super fucked up? Because I've also read that he was damn near comatose a lot of the time. 
Yeah, man, everything's groovy. <laughs> like the Zappa story, he shows up and he brings a friend, and the friend just like falls asleep on Zappa's couch while Hendrix just mumbles for two hours. And Zappa's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, Zappa assign. I mean, people, there are people who think he was some like weird druggie. And that's why he made weird music and stuff. But Zampa was not down with drugs at all. No, no. And if you did drugs and you worked for him, you no longer worked for him. Yeah. So. You got fired, as he said. (laughs) I would have loved to work for Zappa, but I never could have. Like, I don't. That musicianship is beyond me. You have to actually be able to read music. You have to understand, like, every type of music. Like I know when uh, Steve Vai tried out for Zappa, he would be like, all right, now do that in Bossa Nova. And he'd just have to know, like, okay, Bossa Nova timing is this, and he'd have to change the song completely to whatever type of music he just told him to change it to. And he would do it to his musicians on stage. He had little hand signals, like he would tug on his earlobe, and that meant make it reggae. So, like, in the middle of a song, if you saw Zappa do the fucking earlobe tug, it's time to go reggae, baby. And he did it in Indiana the most. To fuck with Indiana Yes, people. he did it for one song and he realized that people were kind of not into it. So his Zappa mind, he was like, hmm, reggae, next song, reggae, next song, reggae. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much did a whole concert in reggae form. <laughs> uh, and that's the mindset I completely understand. But it would not lead to a career nowadays i think like i think now to be successful to a certain degree you pretty much have to lick the fucking boots of everybody you have to appeal to the masses absolutely yeah because yeah. it's so hard to really make your own thing because it's just subgenre subgenre i mean everything is just growing constantly that it's so easy to get lost in the mix of everything. Very easy. With, you know, just kind of like with us jumping in later in the game of oh. podcasts after yeah. there are already so many podcasts and so many people have them. Yeah, this one does not need to exist, but it does. <laughs> yeah, literally the only reason it does is because we give our opinions about things. Absolutely. Speaking of opinions on things, when I was eating earlier at Skyline, mm, Skyline. The dish, uh, the back door opened where the dish area is. And, you know, they're always blasting music back there. Mm-hmm. It used to be fucking heavy metal all the time. Yeah. Now it is. Like EDM. Horrible, horrid rap. Ooh. Like that. Mumble uh, rap. And if you would have seen me, I think five times I had, I went like, uh-huh. My eyes got real wide because I was sitting right next to the fucking door. Surprised you didn't have one of your headphones in. I did at first, but then when I eat, it tends to, since I'm so sloppy and I'm just shoveling food in my mouth, it tends to get in my food. And I don't need my ear crud in my food. You eat like a puppy dog. I do. All right, let's move on to Spanish Castle Magic, baby. Here we go. Oh, yeah. This shit rules. Oh, there's a feeling to it. I can hear the studio. I drum on for this every time for the verses. It catches you. I don't see how you couldn't drum to this every time. And in the beginning when I would do it, Miss Clarence, our dog, would uh, 
jump up and think that someone was at the door, and then she quickly <laughs> learned that no. Oh, she just listened to Hendrix again. Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah, this song in particular fucking jams. Hey, it's got a great groove. Like I said, you can hear the studio. There's no, like, computer editing or anything like that. It's just straight fucking rock, like psychedelic rock. But I also read that Drums. They would take like 19 to 26 takes of each song, and they were jamming with each other. It wasn't like, lay the drums down, then I'm going to do the guitar, then I'm going to do the bass. It was, they're all jamming at the same time to get the feeling. And I think you can hear it. You can absolutely hear it. Did you stop listening again there? No, I just, <laughs> I'm try- I was trying to listen, and I don't know that I can hear that. The, the live feeling of it? Yeah, but not like the fact that it was recorded that many times, that they had to do that many takes. Oh, yeah. They would, it would be like 19 to 26 times, and then they would listen to each take and be like, that's the one. And then, you know, do little overdubs here and there. Maybe the guitar tone wasn't as good. Let's redo the guitar. But it was still, as a whole, they wanted to listen to it as a full jam because I think they realized we're going to be playing this live let's yeah. make sure that it's correct and it's going to be representative of our live sound it's like that Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, behind the music the album Blood Sugar Sex Magic yes and they did it with uh, George Clinton correct. produced it and you watch footage from it and they're all in their own little areas but they're all jamming together at the same time and mm-hmm. they're recording at the same time yeah and it, it, it's think you can feel it. I think you can feel it in the recording. Yeah, you get the energy. It's different. Absolutely. It's different. Yeah, I am a big fan of this song. And it's the music. The music just fucking grabs you. It does grab you. I also like these old mixing techniques where kick drum's not right in your fucking face. The snare is the loudest thing and like maybe a cymbal. Cymbal! <laughs> I think it would sound different if it was like... It would just be too much. Oh, yeah. Spanish Castle Magic. All right, so I have my first cover. Okay. Is it a duvet? Is it um, Is it a quilt? It's, uh, it's an Afghan. Okay. Let's do this. It's an Afghan named Ace Fraley. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Featuring John Five. You know who John Five is? Johnny Five. Not that guy. Not the <laughs> robots. <laughs> John Five is a guitar. He was a guitar player for Marilyn Manson. Then he Oh, left. I've heard of him. He always wears makeup. And My sister. Weird stuff. I believe when she saw Manson last, he was maybe with them. Really? Huh. Or something. She talked about it. I think, yeah. She mentioned John Five. Really? And Maybe that she enjoyed him a lot, so I know I, I feel like that was something that happened. I know that he left Marilyn Manson and started playing for Rob Zombie instead. And I know that Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson do not get along, even though they went on a tour together. I was going to say, they did tour not terribly long ago. Yeah, and that's the tour that you found out that they do not like each other. <laughs> do you think they liked each other before the tour? I don't know if they had the animosity that they had now, and I don't know if they still have the animosity, but I know that there are videos that you can watch of Rob Zombie just straight up being like, 
You know, sometimes you go on tour with somebody and you don't like them. <laughs> he did not hide it at all. That is very uh, outward <laughs> and awkward <laughs> to do something like that. I don't like either of their music. Yeah. I like Rob Zombie as a human. Like whenever interview I've seen him in. Yeah, he's fine as a human I being. I like him as a human being and I do not like Marilyn Manson as a human being. No, he's a asshole. Yes. And people say he's an asshole. Yes. I've never seen any evidence that he is not. So let's listen to this Ace Frehley cover. This is live? No. It sounds live. I think it's it has just like a hall sound. Yeah. I think it's just the recording tone. Oh god. It's very far away. <laughs> it takes about a half a day to get there. Did you if listen you to this before this? I listened to very little bit of it so and not in headphones. You knew that was coming? Yeah, but it sounds different in headphones. <laughs> do you know when this came out? No, I do not. It's not my style. Uh, and I'd like to go to my point earlier. I don't think you should be hearing the kick drum that much. And in this, you can hear Oh, my God. <laughs> he just took all of the fucking soul out of it. <laughs> well, I'm not sure Kiss ever really had soul. <laughs> they were yeah. just straight, you know, like... That's why I don't rock. understand taking a song and doing it, because a Hendrix song, you still need that, like, thickness. There's, like, a fullness of, like style and flair that you need and like groove that he does not have i agree he is just like straight rock like metronome uh fucking karaoke night at a bar drinking water (laughs) fuck that and i don't know if he was fucked up at that time because i know he's mr clean guy now he sounds post all of that shit he sounds like mr clean guy listen to my cool song and it's bad and it's too polished it's these older songs benefit from being on older microphones through older consoles and being not so clean and being uh, you know performed by people with some fucking substance (laughs) (laughs) Ace performed with some substances, all right. Well, I'm sure he did. (laughs) And I'm not even talking about Kiss or anything. I am talking about this song that you played, this cover, this Afghan. Um, (laughs) I could say something super racist right now, but I'm not going to. I mean, that would be your usual thing. (laughs) I'm just saying if someone decided to hijack a plane and drive it into... That song, I would be okay with it. So if that song were a building, you would be fine with it being nailed by a plane. It would be worth the lives lost to lose that song. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get back to Mr. Hendrix's album. This is a song called Wait Until Tomorrow. This, If you would have asked me like 15 years ago what my favorite song was off of this... I would have told you this song. I used to adore this song. I still adore this. Song. I no, I love it. Yeah. I still love it. But there was a point in time where I couldn't get enough of this song. Yeah, I think this album helped me bridge gaps into uh, not so fucking crazy music. You know. I love it. Groove. Oh yeah. Sorry. You know, uh, the song grooves so much. What's his fucking name? And it's tighter than usual. It's a, it's a tighter song than what you usually get from Jimmy. It's cleaner sounding too, uh-huh. but not in a super produced way. It's just no. like a cleaner tone in general. 
I think I really like the older drum tones. I think I'm just oh, not yeah. as much a fan of current drum tones, which is why I have a hard time with like metal and things that are so clean because yeah. I just don't like the sound as much. Yeah. And metal songs nowadays, they're all samples. They'll take a sample of one kick and then that's the sound that is used for every kick. Because the, most of the time the guys are playing so fast that it's just a feather touch. So they're not getting a lot of tone. But I was going to say, this helped me bridge the gap between, like, it doesn't have to be super crazy music all the time. This helped me lay back. Like, oh, this can I can enjoy groove. I can enjoy not psycho screaming and fast all the time. This I can finally lay back and be like, yeah, man. For me, it bridged the gap between Leon Bridges and the Gap Band. Makes sense. Quit bang, what a hang. Yo, daddy, just shout for me. I like that Love this it. song is like a story, too. It's not just talking about, you know, like either current events or like space stuff. Yeah. This is actually, it's almost like a fairy tale. I don't even think about it from a story standpoint. I just think that this song has, it just fucking. It, that it, shit right there. I think you get. Pretty tremendous percussion out of this. I I'm just a big fan of the the drumming style on this album and this song yeah. as as well. I think that it's so strong, but not in like an in-your-face strong. They yeah. just like back off and give it its time to like hear the drums to breathe. It's like jazz drumming, but put in a psychedelic <sighs> rock template. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Huge fan. I would love to have that sense of drumming style. I've often thought about, and I need to just do it, studying actual jazz drumming and getting a different feel for different grooves, maybe even Latin drumming, you know, just to, oh, yeah. to put something in my body that's not just, you know, twos and fours. I can't tell you how many times I've gone back and watched that controversial, oh, my God, uh, Super Bowl performance, but just of the Shakira part because I think she fucking destroyed. But it's so much more like of the. Uh, I mean, Jennifer Lopez is more like American pop. Shakira is Latin. She's she's from Colombia, I believe. So like, you get those like different style drums in her music that does make it sound different than like normal pops pop songs. Uh-huh. And I just. I really enjoyed the performance a lot, so I've gone back because I do really enjoy like the Spanish style of drums, and I you know, like Latin. It makes you actually want to dance. It makes you want to get up and yeah. move your body. I'm a move fan. your butt in general. <laughs> and and jazz. I'm a huge fan of jazz. I took a jazz class in in college as well as a bowling class. I was in jazz band in high school, but I played the guitar and I played it like the biggest white boy that ever existed. Like a big fat white boy? Yeah. I'm going to go skinny white boy with a gut. I got a big belly. <laughs> but I would play like... I'm playing my jazz. God damn it. <laughs> that's not jazz. That's more blues. Anyway. Like there are jazz chords that I was supposed to be playing that would sound like really cool, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what the fuck they were. So I would just see like A and I'd be like, all right, A power chord. All right, G power chord. So I was still playing like punk rock form, but I was 
you know, a little rhythm to it that sounded a little jazzy. Yeah. And I fucking hate that I did that. I wish I would have been like, now's the time to learn this actual style of guitar because mm-hmm. I would be much better at guitar now than I am. I've realized, and I haven't, it's maybe in the past three years, but I haven't taken any action that I need to study other styles of music. Even if I'm not going to play those styles of music, but I need to learn them and study them. Different techniques. To broaden my playing ability. Yeah. And who knows, it might seep into my actual songwriting. And all of a sudden I might be writing like more fun music to me and not just get fucking burnt out. Well, I can say compared to the things that you've written, things that we have performed acoustically, they're usually... I mean, you, you've said to me that you've had to play in a different style than you're used to on a lot of yeah. the songs. And I think, and you said, cause I've been like, Oh, you know, is that, you know, like I, I kind of like apologize for making you work so hard, but then you're like, no, like this is good. It's expanding Absolutely. my abilities. Absolutely. So I've said to you, this song hurts my hand mm-hmm. because I've ne- I'd never have to play chords like this because I'm going to say it. I sound shitty, but, Metal is not easy in any way, but you can get stuck in a rut of playing the same kind of shit over and over mm-hmm. again. Like a lot of the times it's single note kind of stuff. Sure you're going but it's just sixteenth notes playing one note with one string. And that might be my fault, but it's still that's what it is. And it's just power chords. Uh-huh. Which, if you know what a power chord is, it's like the one of the first things you fucking learn on a guitar. But what's I'm sorry, you didn't finish. I kind of did. Go for it. But but what's interesting is the songs that you seemed to struggle with playing the most were not songs that you would expect to necessarily be hard. No. Like you you did, we would, we often do a version of Criminal by Fiona Apple. And that usually... Yeah, that song kills my hand. Kills your hand. Uh, we've done Love Man by Otis Redding. Yeah. You enjoy playing it, but you've said that that wrecks your hand. And there yeah. is, is it... Is it 50 Ways? Oh, 50 lover? Ways to Leave Your Lover was so fucking hard like to Paul get down. Paul Simon. But I figured it out that the way I learned it was a weird fucking way to do it. And then I was like, wait a minute, why am I playing the chord like this when I can play it like this? Yeah. And it's so much easier to get to. It sounds better. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my fuck up. But that's also a good thing. Like, I learned, oh, wait, Ooh, I can do it this way. And then all of a sudden, this like door unlocks and you're just like, well, what else can I do that's different? Like, what else am I fucking up in a way that this could get the same tone, maybe even better tone, and be easier on my hand? Because some of those chords, I was like stretching like crazy. But that's what a jazz chord is. The jazz guitar would kill me. Yeah. I would be crying and be like, fuck my hand. Yeah, but imagine what you can do with that hand once you get that <laughs> shit figured out. I could finger Mel's butthole. <laughs> Lucky Mel. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Ain't No Telling. That Mel's got a finger in his butt. <laughs> Such a good groove. Yeah. And these songs are not long and drawn out. They're so simple into the... Not simple, but they're like short and to the point. Serving the song, not serving the musician. 100%. Yeah. Which is a big lesson that I think a lot of people need to learn, including myself. And Justin Serve Timberlake. This. <laughs> yeah, a little bit sometimes. No, I don't. I, I yeah. serve the song and mm-hmm. not just think of, oh, I'm. Look how much I'm playing. Like, who gives a shit? Does it sound cool? Is, is it memorable? Did I remember all eight minutes of that? Probably not. Yeah. Um, 
but I, and I'm not. I mean, I I like some of that, you know, drawn out stuff sometimes. But oh, and I do too. I listen to Zappa. <laughs> yeah, but I really do appreciate just how. I mean, Ooh, he, he just part. gets you where you need to be. Oh. Yeah. And he spends the right amount of time that makes you. You don't get tired of it. No. And you're just like, you almost, you want more, and then it stops. And then it's just like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. I love it. I listened, when I first got into this album, I was still working at Pizza Factory when it was still Pizza Factory. Mm-hmm. And I played it 10 times a day. And people were so fucking sick of it that I would always pull the manager card and be like, yeah, but I'm in charge. So here we go again. Play. <laughs> and then I'd go, Megan, get the phone. <laughs> she hated everything, like having a job and being alive. Yeah, she hated me. <laughs> Not me. She always said I was her person. <laughs> so that's funny. She's probably always like, how are you married to that asshole? I think a lot of people have thought that, but didn't want to say it to me. <laughs> because you and I are very different. And in the very beginning, we did. I did hear that quite a bit, that... <laughs> Like that, people were just shocked that you and I were together. Him? And then we got in an in an I'm an asshole way, or just completely different. Just way? that we're different. Okay. And that they just never would have seen it coming because we weren't together when we were in school or anything. It was mostly like people we went to school with that were just kind of like, I've known you most of your life, and then all of a sudden you guys are like together and engaged, <laughs> and now you're married, and like, what is happening? Wait, you're with Mr. Metalhead with long hair who fucking headbangs while he drives? Yeah. <laughs> what the stuff. fuck? <laughs> and look at me now. Still here. You're on house arrest. No, I'm, actually, <laughs> no, I'm that's, not. That's over. I'm not on house arrest, everyone. It's been cut off. But you're on probation, and they want you to take counseling classes. Yeah. Because you're an addict. I'm an through addict. Through and through. Yeah, I have to take fucking counseling, That's which um, it's a double-edged sword. I fucking hate that I have to do it, and I don't even—I don't even know if I've been told that I have to do it yet. The probation officer could have just been told my evaluation, and he can decide whether I have to. Yeah, I just decided that maybe I could benefit from some form of, because it's not just addiction therapy. It's—it's it's going to be kind of a whole behavioral roundness therapy it's not behavioral roundness therapy yeah i like that it's not just you have addiction problems because it's don't point at me (laughs) i'll point at the screen (laughs) behind you (laughs) it's not just that i'm addicted was addicted to alcohol which i beat which they called me he said i'm in remission it's like when somebody has Mm -hmm. cancer i'm in remission Well, because you're still always an alcoholic and you've said that oh yeah uh but then I was talking about how extreme I am about everything. Yes. And then he was just like, yeah, you have addiction tendencies. You need to you need to learn how to not be like that. Yeah. It's like when they said when someone's like, yeah, I have an addictive personality. Like, I just love things. And it's like, yeah, that's not great, though. At the same <laughs> time to become like overly obsessed with something. Essentially, I do. I do. I've been eating Dairy Queen <laughs> for a week and a half now. Are you obsessed with it? I am obsessed with the chicken strip basket. All of a sudden, like more than usual? Yeah. Because you've uh, been like standoffish about that place as well and just been like, I'm not going to go there. Burgers. Their burgers are fucking awful. They're microwaved. They suck. But this chicken strip basket and the local Dairy Queen in Batesville, not the one that I'm eating at in Milan, 
their garlic bread fucking sucked. It was like, it literally seemed like they put butter on a piece of toast and then sprinkled garlic powder on top of it. Oh yeah, it was horrible. This garlic toast at the Milan Dairy Queen is fucking amazing. It's my favorite part of the basket. It's Milan. It's in in Milan. Milan, Indiana. You know where you can go see the Hoosiers. Oh yeah, where the Hoosiers originally started from. Yeah. You can go see the museum. (laughs) I mean, you can't go see Gene Hackman, so I don't give a shit. That's true. You can't go see Gene Hackman. But yeah, I've been eating the shit out of this chicken strip basket. They now know me. They don't know my name. But I can just walk in and they're like, chicken strip basket? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do you use the gravy? Do you dip nope. the chicken in the gravy? You know what I dip chicken and fries in. So do you say no gravy or do you have them give it to nope. you so you can throw it away? I say no gravy. Okay. I don't want to waste it. And I get a bottle of water because I'm not, I'm trying to cut back on soda. And I have cut back on soda, which is good for me. And I've felt a difference. Cool. I'm not as tired. I'm not as fucking like shaky. It's weird. It's weird how much, but I was drinking a fucking lot of soda. All right, let's move on to a little song I call Little Wing. <laughs> oh, I almost played the cover of Little Wing. This song among guitarists is so important. Go on. Just the way that he plays and puts in like bass notes while he's playing it. And then goes into the higher string stuff it's fucking immaculate and it's such an interesting guitar line like i'm so jealous that he could come up with something like this once again i'm stuck in the metal and punk world where i feel like i'm so basic it's such a classic ballad though if you ask me this song is yeah in a good way or a bad way no in a good way oh yeah yeah that that it can be like a classic ballad by Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. I think there's a really good Stevie Ray Vaughan version of this where there's no singing. Don't roll your eyes at Stevie. I've got a problem with Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it's because he takes this, which I love, and he makes it cleaner. I don't think it's cleaner. I think it's got super fucking soul. I no, I think there are Stevie Ray Vaughan songs that suck. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. It's just different. It's just like a cleaner, newer sound. I mean, it's a, it's it's not modern. He's long dead. Yeah. But it's more modern than this. That's true. But I think he did an amazing job with this song. I feel like he also kind of played out songs because he would want a solo and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan versions of Jimi Hendrix songs. I've listened to, and I appreciate the musicianship of him, but I'm, I, I'm just not really a fan. It's not your bag. No, and it's he's totally he was totally talented, but super talented. Just I think he took things and took them too far, and that was one thing I don't like. Like I really appreciate that Jimmy timed things the way that he did. You know, Stevie Ray Vaughan would have dreams where Jimi Hendrix would come to him to show him like secret chords. And secret licks, and just as Jimmy was about to play it, he would wake up, and he would be like super depressed because he really believed that Jimmy had come to him to give him guitar lessons, and they were cut short. Well, nothing ever happened, so I mean, obviously, Jimmy wasn't coming to him. <laughs> he just wanted just wanted it so bad. He wanted it, and nothing ever happened because it's not real, and there's not going to be some divine <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some special piece of me that's going to yeah. like 
fit the puzzle of you that's uh-huh. missing this same shaped piece. Like, yeah. I just don't. I think it's super fucking cool. <laughs> I don't know. I have dreams all of the time. Yeah, where I'm awful to you. <laughs> I also have dreams almost every night where I've, and I've told you this, where it's my grandparents' house, but it's not their actual house. But like in my dream, it's or it's their house. And my grandma had just passed away. And I'm always having to, like every fucking night at some point in the night, I go into this dream where it's like packing stuff and having to get stuff out of her place. Are family members fighting like they did in real life? No, most of them aren't there. That's good. <laughs> I'm like at the tail end of things and there's not like as much stuff for me to, to go through and take, but... Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. I don't think dreams mean anything. <laughs> I just no, think, I don't I just think, think so it's, either. I think it's just us because that's me having like guilt and stuff that I wasn't as close to my grandma yeah. before she died. So it's like I just have this memory always and my, I'm always dreaming that it's like too late and she's already yeah. gone. Yeah, so then sense. for him, it was I want to be better and I can't. So that's why he Please, never Jimmy show me the way. So that's why he never actually got anything out of it. It was still just over and over again of gimme, 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 gimme all. Gimme, 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 gimme all. <laughs> you know what's sad about Stevie Ray Vaughan? Is I always Nothing. Yeah, there is something. I'm just kidding. He died in a plane crash, didn't he? Yeah, see I always thought he dried, died tried. I always thought he died of a drug overdose. And then I did the research, and no, he had gotten clean mm-hmm. and gotten his life together, and then died in a helicopter crash. There aren't there multiple people who that's happened to. I think didn't that happen to Amy Winehouse? Like mm, she died. She rehab. She relapsed. I thought she died because she wasn't drinking, and it was a shock to her system. She, I think she relapsed, and it like went too uh, far. So then it was that was the shock to her system. <sighs> God damn it! That's. I mean, who would have known that her legacy would have been. They try to make me go to rehab. I said, no, I'll die instead. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how do, why do you have a song that's like, no, I'm not going to get help. And then you shortly after die of a drug overdose yeah. or, you know, it's like alcohol when I, is a drug. It's like Same when thing. I listen to Guar and Dave says something about, oh my God, I'll just overdose instead. And that's like, oh, well, that's what you did. Wouldn't he say like on heroin as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. He bring up heroin all the time. And he always knew that he was fucking around with that stuff, but I didn't know what the extent was. I'm sure it was ups and downs. It's always ups and downs with fucking heroin addicts. All right. I have a cover of Lil Wing, and it's not the Steamy Ray Vaughn version. This is Santana featuring Joe Cocker. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Well, she's walking. This is a totally different style. Yeah. I can't hate on this from the get go because this has just like a different style. Do you like Joe Cocker? I do. I, I have no opinion on Joe Cocker, but I love watching him play live because he's like putting his arms in weird ways and he's like looks like a maniac. But then he sings like nice, pretty songs. <laughs> But he, he was so raspy. Yeah, I think he had a... He was very talented. I don't think he's alive anymore. I don't think so either. I. This is a little too pretty, though, at the same time. I think it's a little too... I don't want to say laid back. It's a little too, like... 
47-year-old mom. I was going to say it's mom rock. Yes, yes. This is this is something that's being played outside, and moms are sitting out in lawn chairs, and they have their little sun visors, <laughs> and their little Diet Cokes next to them, and their water bottles, and they're just swaying back and forth. They're holding their kids. They're like, here, have this candy. Shut the fuck up. Let's sway to Joe Conker. And then the husband's and like, Santana. I'm going to go with another beer. And she's like, another one, Jim? Oh, we're at a concert. I want you to do at a concert. Hey, motherfucking Santana. You told me I can't get another beer. <laughs> but I do like listening to Santana play. <laughs> you can, oh. I, that really fucked my throat up, apparently. That was Lil Wing featuring Joe Kaka. I also really like Santana. I do too, and I don't at the same time. No, like, I agree. I, yeah, I would I never put it on to listen to. But if someone was like, hey, do you want to go see Carlos Santana? I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go see Carlos Santana. You're paying for the ticket, right? And then they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, well, then I'm not going to see Carlos Santana. You wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, come over. You wouldn't ever put that song on. I would be like, smooth. <laughs> I can't remember how the song went, but it's called Smooth, right? Yeah, with Rob Thomas. I really like Thomas. that Maria Maria song. I don't know what song that is. It's it's R and B. R&B. I don't know anything about the rhythm and blues. That's correct. Your hips don't <laughs> shake. They lie like motherfuckers. Are we going to take a break? Yeah, I was going to say, it is break time. It is. Are Give me gonna, a break. We're going to take a break. Give everybody. me a break. I'm going to break a cat kick cat in half. But it's all in your mind. We'll be back. Don't put your time on bad things. Just float your little mind. Students, for lunch today is Salisbury steak and cornbread. And uh, this episode of Couple of Critics Podcast is brought to you by... Do you have a vagina? Needing a new hands-free approach to safety on top of everything else you're juggling? It sounds like you might need Caroline's Second Amendment Kegel training. Protect your poon and train your poon to protect you. Check us out online at www.poonprotect.com forward slash Caroline's Cunt. Students, this is your principal speaking. I just wanted to remind you that life will always be filled with existential dread and self-loathing. And uh, this couple of critics podcast is also brought to you by... Execute. It's the main tenet of life. Hi, I'm Steven Ratbottom, and I'm here to tell you why you're fucking up. You see, most people don't go through life executing. You got to execute. You look at something, you say, I'm gonna do that, and then you execute. Now, if you're having problems in your life executing, good news, my friend. I'm here to tell you about my three-step program for only $99.95. Now I bet you're just sitting there on your couch saying, but Steven, how do I execute? I don't have $99.95. Well, that's bullshit, my friend. I know you can save up $99.95 if you stop going to the gas station and buying Twizzlers and Cheetos and shit like that. You can scrounge it up from your mom and say, hey, mom, can I get $99.95 to execute? And she'll look at you and she'll say, 
to execute, and you say, yeah, bitch, to execute. Then she'll look you square in the eye and she'll say, of course, honey child, I'll give you $99.95 to execute. Now, let me tell you a little about my program. Step one, analyze the situation. Step two, execute. Step three, walk away. And those are the three steps to my three-step execution program. Ah, oh, shit. Man, I just gave away that shit for free. Hey, Sam. Yeah, what's up? Hey, you yep. cut that shit out, the part about me telling them the three steps? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, good. Let's, let's take it from here then. Yeah, just go. <clears throat> So, if you'd like to learn how to execute using my execution three-step program, get a hold of me, Stephen Ratbottom. Uh, I don't really want to get my phone number out here on the radio, so uh, try and get a hold of me on TikTok, and sometimes I check Instagram, so you could try there, but I'd say the best way is to email me at zztoprules at zztop.com, and you're on your way to execute. Welcome back from the break, everyone. I played, once again, the Ace Frehley version. God damn it. But I played a part where John Five was playing the guitar because I wanted to hear him jamming. I figured it was unfair to not put in the John Five action because he's an amazing guitar player. He plays in bands that I don't like, but he's really good at the fucking guitar. Ace Frehley is tart like a fart. I'm not interested. <laughs> You don't like Kiss? You don't... Oh, man. What was he? He wasn't the cat man. I like kissing. He's the cat man. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 All right. Let's get back into this album. I'm the cat man. I'm the cat man. Meow, 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 All right. We're on Axis Bold as Love, the album by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. But we're not on acid, even though it may sound like it. We're eating sweet tarts. Sweet hearts. Conversation sweetheart tarts. Let's see. I'm going to grab one and see what it says. Tart like a fart. Uh, You don't like the green, so I'm grabbing a green. It tastes like green apple. Mine says, maybe. (laughs) Just play the next song. (laughs) All right. This is a song called If Six Was Nine. 69. If six was nine, my mouth would be on your behind. (laughs) This, I don't know if you want to call it a riff, groove, whatever. Fucking awesome. It's it's heavy in a way. I love the hesitation though. The it's so simple right now. It's not even building. It's just like. It's just, just hanging out. Bare bones. I'm going to love it. Getting ready for the fucking takeoff, man. That makes you want more. Oh, and here we go. And it's got those fucking sweet jazz drums. Yeah. It's kick ass. I think Jimi Hendrix and like Led Zeppelin and that's about it I can think of at the top of my head are bands that like metalheads still love. Like you can be super metal, but you'd be like, oh yeah, fucking Zeppelin, they rule. Hendrix, he fucking rules. It's because of the style. And I think like this part, sometimes 
it's damn near heavy. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun. And his singing style was often heavy as well. He's just yelling, essentially. Wow! <laughs> and it's also very individual. Individualism is a huge thing adapted by punks and metalheads. Until a certain point, and then if you go outside of those boundaries, then you're not accepted anymore. Yeah, but I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like the foundation of that idea. It's... And then, I love this walking bass line. Oh my god, this song is... This album is almost perfect. I'm gonna say that it, besides the very first song, EXP, just because it's noise yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a song. album it's hardly a song, is but. perfect. This is my favorite Hendrix album. I think that's fair. It's I, probably I, the most consistent, if you ask me. Are You Experienced is my least favorite. Oh, I do Hendrix love that album. Though. I love that album, too. My order goes Axis Bold as Love, Electric Ladyland, then Are You Experienced. I'm a little less familiar with Electric Ladyland, but I know that that's one that you love a lot. So that, that's I actually do. lower on my list, but just because I'm less familiar. Electric Ladyland gets a little long. Not long enough that it's annoying. No, but it stretches a little more into the psychedelic than the rock, doesn't it? It's more psychedelic and more songs are just longer on that album. It seems yeah. like he was almost making a point to make them longer and explain and do more in the studio than normal. And like, lay down like eight different guitar tracks or whatever. Because someone once, I don't know where they got it from, but they told me that in an interview, a guy that worked with Hendrix, they said that if he had the abilities of nowadays, unlimited tracks, he would have never gotten a song done. Because sometimes it was literally, we don't have any more room. Yeah. You have to stop. Perfection. I found out he was a perfectionist while I've been researching this album. And I never would have thought that. Because sometimes it sounds sloppy to me in a fucking fantastic way. Yeah, but every sound that is there, I think, needs to be there. Even this. That, like, knocking sound, that, like, walking sound, whatever. Like, whatever it is. Like, if it wasn't there, I would feel like something is missing. I think it's like a guitar walk sound. I think this is the part where they said that it was people from the studio stepping on a drum riser on the drum platform, just in sync, uh, in sync with each other, just Justin Timberlake with each other. Tearing up that heart when I'm with you, and when Michelle farts, you know it's sharp. I have sharp farts. And this is like one of the most psychedelic songs on this album, I think. I think so. Where it gets real, like, reverby, and like panning is going back and forth. Some, sometimes one line is done in the left ear, the other line is done in the right ear. Yeah, this is more specifically, like, free floating on purpose. And I think this is the, the song where Jimmy played a recorder, which you can hear right now. And he did not know how to play a recorder. Did That's not a know recorder? To... Yeah. I, find, I might be incorrect, but I read that he played a recorder on this album. And this is the only part where I can think of that it would be a recorder. And I can yeah. see him just, like, fucking randomly hitting shit. But he didn't know how to play it, but he just fucking went for it. Speaking of recorders, I will never forget finding my recorder after not... After it being in, like, a box for a year or so, yeah. or, like, over the summer... 
and I got it out of a box, and there was a dead bee inside of it. So, like, I always, when I think of a recorder, I always picture the dead bee inside of one every time. It was a bee's hole. He went in there to hang out and then couldn't get the fuck out. He went in there for the winter and died. All right. I'm going to play just a small snippet of a cover. Uh-oh. And you're going to be like, God damn it, Sam. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's 8-Bit. You know I'm the 8-Bit master. This isn't as bad as that one guy. I can't I forget it, Forget his name. But Lars? Loco? No, the guy who... He just does like metal versions yeah. of songs on... His shit pops up on my feed Google. all the time now. On my Google News feed. This feels like a real video game. <laughs> it does. It's a spooky video game. It's something's at night. It could even be like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. game. Yeah, I can hear that completely. I, anytime I hear an 8-bit song, I think of... Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Oh, the yeah. Video game. <laughs> I was telling Mel about that game. I was like, yeah, there's a Michael Jackson game. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, you run around and you find children. You save, <laughs> you save children who have been kidnapped by Joe Pesci. And then they go, Michael. <laughs> and then he finds them. And then he goes, ow. <laughs> and he woke up. I played the shit out of that game. And that game is fucking hard. Moonwalker, it's great. And it is hard. So hard. It I think I got hard. to level three at the furthest. And if I saw anybody get past it, I'd be like, oh my God, I've never seen this part of the game before. Holy shit. Let's move on. I think that's a good idea. This is a song called You Got Me Floating. It's Pennywise inspired. Oh. A fucking... Jam. And it's so simple. It's just straight to the fucking point. I love it. Fucking jam. I mean, I mean simple in the way that it's not like a bunch of bullshit. It's no like guitar, bullshit. drums, and a bass. That's it. No bullshit whatsoever. No. I'm so jealous of the way that he and other people can write not in a power chord type structure. Like everything is based off this one thing. They explore every string. They do an entire line. It's, it's fucking. It's infuriating. It's infuriating and uh, exhilarating all at the same time. This is a song that he doesn't care about hitting notes perfectly as much no. when he does his little uh, improvised runs and such. I read one time that if Hendrix mi- missed a note on the fretboard, he bent it. He bent the string until he fucking got to that note. <laughs> like he was going to get there no matter what. It's chaotic, it is. but it's this not. Part is. But it, it just makes me anxious for this part. I'm just like, come back, drums. Come in. That sweet ass. It's a time when you get stuff like that with drums. Or just less is so much more. 
And I don't even know if it was technically less playing. I just think certain drums aren't mixed so loud. Like if you, once again, added the kick drum in there, loud as they are nowadays, it might sound busier. I just think if someone wrote this within the last 20 years, it would be so much busier throughout. Oh, yeah. I think it's appropriately busy. Yeah. If it's the type of music I listen to, it would be like... <laughs> yep. Which uh, I love, but I've said it before. That's not a sign that you're good at the instrument. Speed does not mean that. A fucking groove means that, man. And that, uh, that's definitely the direction that I lean in, especially the older that I get. I, I, I just got to have a groove. And I'm not like an angry teenager or anything. So that's why I think a lot of metal doesn't. To me, metal is like a lot of it sounds like an angsty teenager, like like someone who's like pissed off in like their early 20s and they're like aggressive male. I'm I'm so mad. I'm going to prove my anger. I'm It's definitely a lot of that. There's also the side of metal of just technicality. Guys like me liked it because of, wow, I can't believe his body can do that. Yeah, work it. (laughs) Uh, There's also a type of metal that's fucking techno that is not not for me. (laughs) But I I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of that, a lot more than I'm even aware of because I don't go in that direction. But I'm sure there are a lot of bands who have been inspired by like Nine Inch Nails and stuff over time. Yeah, there was a band called Fear Factory that was... uh, I remember Fear Factory. They were sort of, I don't want to say techno, but they were more like a digital... Not sound, like the way it sounded, but it was almost like robots wrote the songs. Kind of like a Technicolor Dreamcoat? Yeah, exactly like that. All right, Donny Osmond, eat your heart out. Or I will. All right, Castles Made of Sand, which... Is a fucking awesome song. I'm going to say that about every song on here. There might be one song that I'm like, ah, it's, it's the worst song, which I've got to pick that anyway. Yeah. But every song, most every song on this album, it starts and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> this song rules. It's insane to me that this, this was written within the same year of another album that they were able to, to also come out with these songs. Like It's crazy. It wasn't just some like thrown together, here you go, we've completed our contract. Like this, There's substance in, in this. This is very good. A lot of substance. Mm-hmm. A lot of care. And I would, I mean, this is, aside from maybe Angel, I would say that this is probably... I would say his best-known ballad. Really? Castles Made of Sand? Would you, do you think it'd be Angel? I don't know. Oh, my sweet angel. Oh, I don't really... I never think of ballads when I think of Hendrix, so it's hard for me to think of what was his biggest ballad. When I think of Hendrix hits, it's always like... Like a foxy lady. In those, in those kinds of terms. Well, yeah, I, but I guess I'm asking you to think more of like. I don't. I don't think I knew his ballads before I started listening to the albums. Because I you also didn't know this song. I kind of knew this song, but it was never. 
I would have, if I would have heard it out in public, it would have been on WBN, and it wouldn't have been this song. If I heard Hendrix out in public, it yeah, would have been things. It would be Purple Haze, yeah, for the most part. Exactly. So the songs I was familiar with were not in his vein, so I have a hard time being like, oh, this is the most popular ballad. So I just know the guy really heard it. I feel like this would be Jimi Hendrix's best-known slower song. I would almost say Little Wing, just because I know so many people have covered it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I want to do this song again. We've done it yeah. many times. Yeah, I think we should. Do you want to play and sing? So you're saying like you want to do it, so. or do you want... okay? But I might give it to you because sometimes I'm like, I want to do this song, and I'm like, I don't want to sing this song anymore. There are, I definitely want to uh, do some a bunch of new stuff. If this is going to be our last show here in Bitsville before we potentially move out of Indiana, uh, which I would definitely like to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that about Indiana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that Illinois is much better, but... I'm ready for a change of everything. Yeah. Me too. My job would hopefully still be the same, though, so that would be great. I'm so sick of my fucking job. I've been doing it for too long. I'm a guy who... I like to... I like to switch it up. I need something new. Yeah, you you need a new addiction. Yes, exactly. Mr. Hurdle. You can't have the same addiction forever. You must transfer addictions. Yes. All right, this is another cover, Castles Made of Sand. Okay. This is by a band I'm sure you're going to recognize. Is this Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes, it is. They've done a lot of Hendrix covers earlier. Not a lot, but they did quite a bit. On this album, they did two covers from this album. Like, the Blood Sugar Sex Magic re-release, 2006 remaster. Okay. They did two songs from Axe as Bold as Love. They've always been really big on doing uh, Hendrix. <clears throat> well, I was just gonna say like more soulful covers in general. I know they love Hendrix because Flea has like a fucking Hendrix tattoo on his arm. Yeah. I. Uh, How do you feel about this? I know you like the Peppers. I do. But I'm also aware of how awful Anthony Kiedis is. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, not his, enjoyable. His voice is bad. <laughs> and I don't think that he is... I don't think he's super talented. I think he was maybe more talented in the 90s. I think he's just been kind of riding that wave. Yeah. But I do believe that Chad Smith, the drummer, and Flea, and I think the band itself is usually pretty good. I think they've gotten way better because I think earlier... In in their career, they were sloppier, but like, yeah, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is... Is that John Frusciante <clears throat> on guitar there? I'm not on sure. Blood Sugar Sex Magic? He left again. I think it might be. Is this the second time he left again? Uh, he don't, I, don't, I, I think it might be more than a second time. Phew. He comes wasn't and he first, goes. Wasn't the first guitar player Halal? Wasn't that his name? Halal. I don't know. I think he was kosher. <laughs> he was the Indian, Indian version of kosher, which is Halal. <laughs> All I right. don't remember these things. Let's move on, my dear. This is a song called One Rainy Wish. Mm-hmm. 
It's so good. It's already so good. We skipped a song. Did the fucking playlist... Yeah, it fucked up my order. I'll go back. Okay, and that's fine. Is it She's So Fine? Yes. Okay, yeah, it fucked up my order. You need to get that shit in order, Google Play. I've had to rearrange this three fucking times today. That's why a lot of times... Well, I guess if it's a playlist that you have, there's nothing you can do. If you aren't playing um, covers or anything, I always just go to the album because then you can't accidentally... It's a good idea. Move those around. This album is so good in a way that each song is its own thing. I agree. Like A lot of albums I love, and I'm not talking shit about them, but they're in a certain way. They're in a certain style. They, they, they stay to a certain formula. Whereas this album, each song is its own. Sure, it's still Hendrix. It still sounds like Hendrix. It's so good. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Like, each song is immediately recognizable. You know which song it is. You know what's coming up next. You're just like... Oh, here comes that guitar part. Or say you're listening to like a No Effects album, which I do like No Effects albums, but one is very similar to the other. You know, it's oh yeah, one song to the next. Yeah, you mean yeah? Sure, there's slight differences, and if you're in that world, you know the differences and you can hear the differences. It's just like death metal. You know, got people that don't listen to death metal. They, it all sounds the same. The entire album sounds what? the same. <laughs> And if you're in that world, you can hear the differences, but you also have to acknowledge that the person that said it all sounds the same is also correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't pretend that it's not the same elements over and over and over again. But I just don't think you get that with this album. No. Each song is, like you said, it's its own experience. Yes. It's its, its own, own experience. It's its own sound. I'm thinking they even did the thing I've talked about where uh, I can't remember what album it was, but they did each song individually. They didn't. It wasn't drum tracking for three days, and then we're gonna yeah. move on guitars. I think it was. We're getting this song done, and then we're remiking everything, and we're moving on, which is so fucking nice to me. I'm not sure how correct this is, but I am reading a factoid about this song. It says that the track contains a unique rhythm, as the chorus. Chorus as the chorus uses a 4-4 meter while the verses use a 3-4 meter. Wish I would have known before. I would have counted. Yeah, I've never... I guess I never noticed that. This isn't 3-4. Correct. Or 6-4, depending on how you want to look at it. Hey, hey, hey. All right, we're going to go back to a song not sung by Jimmy. This is the only song on the album that Jimmy didn't Correct. front the vocals on. She's so fine. Which this drum part is fucking killing. Yeah, Noel, Noel, Noel. Noel Redding. Redding. <clears throat> Was he in the band of he wasn't he just, I know he didn't sing in the band of gypsies but did any of these people continue on like did the experience become 
gypsies at all? I don't know. I feel like that. I'm, I'm not even going to say because I'd be talking so out of school. I don't really know. Because I know that with Band of Gypsies, he had someone else sang as well. Like more than Jimmy. Yeah. She's so very, very yeah, We walked into a music or I walked into a music store in Columbus, Indiana about a month ago. They were listening to Band of Gypsies. And I was just like, oh, these are all people younger than me. And they're choosing to listen to something that's not shit. <laughs> and then I picked up a guitar and started playing on solos along with the songs. Because, <laughs> you know, I had to look important. <laughs> I know what's going on, guys. This, I like this song, but this would be on the lower... like. I feel like this is a song that can appeal to a lot of people. I feel like this is a song that, like, I don't know, like, your family could get down to. Well, my family would get down to this whole fucking album. I agree, but I just, I feel like this is kind of more of, like, a radio-friendly, like, happy Poppy. 60s pop song. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's rock, it's seems still more, pop. Seems more generic hippie pop. Yeah. Listen to me today. Which it was written by Noel. Exclusively, so that might just be his more his style more than the other guys. And the drums are very busy on this song. They are. But again, the way they're mixed, they're not overbearing. If they would have been mixed with today's standards, it would have been too fucking much. Yeah, it's so good though because I think it does. This is a little less conventional, I guess. Like, this doesn't sound as family pop friendly at the time. This is definitely rock music. No, it would still scare parents at that oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening to that devil music? So funny that because they almost all of these musicians were singing about love. Yeah. And they were accused of singing the devil's music. Yeah. And it's so wild to I remember me. Billy Youngblood, his uh, father, I think, was very religious in like an oppressive way. And uh, Billy as a young boy. Billy as a young boy. He, Billy as a young boy. He loved this shit. And he his parents were like, you can't listen to that evil stuff. It's evil stuff. And he'd be like, but they're always singing about love. How can this, how can this be evil? Like every song I'm listening to is about love in general. It's not even about like sex. Yeah. It's about general universal love, love and understanding. Mm -hmm. They just, it, I think it was because it was a black guy playing the guitar. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I remember having a conversation with my grandparents and I remember it regularly and I, it was when I was younger, and they're super into country music. And I asked if I, if they ever had any any Beatles albums, and they were like, "No, no, no, like absolutely <laughs> not." But they said that, but we did have some Elvis. <laughs> Eat my dick. Elvis can choke on a dick. Compared to the Beatles so and Hendrix and shit like that. They were old enough that they weren't affected by the Beatles. No, they thought that it was like bad. Because my mom and aunts were of that age. So they were old enough to be like, 
this is bad. This is the type of music that's turning our kids crazy. They're not listening to us. Like they were the parent generation. Huh. But I think that they were a little. Um, I think that their kids were a little younger for that, though. Yeah. Because they were born like early 60s. And this stuff was like later 60s. So they would have been like seven, eight years old uh-huh. when the shit was out. So yeah, yeah, I know my mom loved the fucking Beatles. Like, I think she was there for it. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she's a little older than my parents. Yeah. I think she was just at the age where like she would, wouldn't have been going to a bunch of concerts to see bands like that. But she was still old enough that it was like for her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I get so jealous of people of that age that it's like, you could have seen or did see all these bands that people like me would kill for like ten dollars, five, ten dollars. Yes, Can you imagine seeing oh Hendrix, Zeppelin in their heyday. Uh, I'm gonna say it again: Zappa going to see Zappa when like apostrophe came out. So many artists Black in their Sabbath. heyday when they were just great. I mean, even like Elton John when he was still on yeah. drugs, like so the many. Who? Yeah. Oh man. The fucking Queen. <laughs> yeah. Like, are can you imagine seeing Queen live? I couldn't. I mean, there's no way. I mean, you can now in a nope. way. <laughs> nope. Adam Lambert is not what I'm talking about. People say he does a great job. No, he does, and he's very talented. But I've just never liked it's his just style. Just not Freddie. I don't like his style. Oh man. You remember Adam Lambert's style? Oh yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Sings with his tongue a lot. <laughs> All right, we have two more songs, don't we? Three, because I'm going to play a little cover. Oh, cover me up. I uh, will, but we're going to listen to Little Miss Lover first. Cover me up and tuck me in, baby. Oh, yeah. This drum groove. This is the other. Fucking shit. This is the other song that Red Hot Chili Peppers covered. Yes. Yeah. I didn't choose it, though. Little Miss Lover. Oh, yeah, I remember Anthony Kiedis ruining it. I love the effect that on his voice. I was going to say that weird vocal effect. It sounds like he's the, underwater. Uh, yeah, it does. I love the tambourine. The Adding bass a, is my favorite. Oh, it's so good. Adding a tambourine was like super psychedelic. Well, I mean, you can definitely see that in the monkeys. Here we come. Psychedelic monkeys. It's the instrument my mother always wanted to play for me. Like She was like, if you're ever in a band, I play tambourine. <laughs> and she never did. I've never been in a band where she could, and now she'd be too embarrassed. Even if I was like, if we were playing a little Charlie's, and I was like, "Hey, mom, come on up and play the tambourine," she'd be like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> like you're almost seventy. What the fuck do you Who care? Cares? People are gonna find it adorable. Your mom is almost seventy. That's wild. She doesn't look it. Yeah, but she tastes it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that prime age beef. <laughs> you know what I'm scared about with my mom is that she's looked so not her age for such a long time that oh, suddenly within like three months, Crash she's just going to be like, she's going to be like this frail old lady, even though she already talks like she has a frail old lady. Because she's almost 70. It's true. Little Miss Winetta. <laughs> Her birthday's coming up. Oh, shit. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> I always have to. <laughs> you do. It's bad. <laughs> Sixth? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this... Once again, it sounds like nothing else on this album. 
It fucking jams. And, and every, it fits in with the album still. And every little piece, I think, is integral. Yeah. Yeah. It's classic. Fucking I love it. Killer. So good. All right. I'm going to let the next song play, which is a cover. Oh, okay. By a band called Geezer. Is it Weezer's Uncles? Yes. Okay, I don't like this. This it's has no balls. because the kick drum's not right. It doesn't have the balls. It's true. It doesn't have the balls, too. <laughs> I think there's a literal frog in this man's throat. It's a WB. So I've heard worse things. I'll go ahead and say that. But if I had a dick, I would ask these geezers to suck (laughs) it. I have a feeling geezer is a semi-stoner band. They've almost got doom elements. Just from the way that the, the production is. On that, I think it has like a Captain Beefheart almost sound. Yeah, oh yeah, it does have a Beefheart. Speaking sound of too. beef, yo mama. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right, we're on the last song. We are. We're getting. Uh, we're getting bold as love. We are baby. getting bold as love. It's time to title track it up. Oh man, it's so smooth. It's such a great way to end the album because it's such a nice, smooth, like, groovy. It's not super in your face where it ends fast and it keeps you wanting more. Like, I think it's such a great way to end the uh-huh. album. I agree. Because it, like, it, like, holds your hand and walks you out is what I feel like this song does. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, it's it. great. It's so good. This album is this album is wonderful. Is goddamn near flawless. I think this album might be one of my top five favorite albums of all time. I think it's fair. I think this album is fucking classic. It's fucking. It's great. It's it's so important to me. I, I have very few albums that are important to me. But if someone told me they didn't like this album, I would get like mad. I would be surprised. I'd be like, why? Yeah, can we even fucking listen to it? <laughs> and I'd be like, I get it. Like, if you, if you, there are a few songs you don't like, maybe you don't like Castles Made of Sand. Okay, whatever. But, like, what? <laughs> like, how are, how, there's, has to be a song. Oh. Interesting. My, yeah. my mellow in this case is not so yellow. Or my yellow is not, not so, so mellow. mellow. His, his piss is also very smelly, is oh, what he's trying to say. I love this guitar. Oh, I do too. It's so good. It's like... He's doing like fast triplets, but it's so clean and smooth. Like, it's not abrasive. And it's paired so interestingly when it slows down. It drops and down all of a sudden. And then picks back it comes up. up with so like the fucking big. Perfect amount of power. I mean, this song, uh, I feel it. I'm like getting goosebumps throughout my body. Good. <laughs> like this is, yeah, this is the type of music that uh, I feel. Yeah, this song makes you fucking feel. Like, it's an amazing song. One of the longer ones on the album too. This album does not feel long. I mean, obviously with us talking and covers and things, it, it's gonna be longer with like that whole episode, but. 
listening to this album as a whole, it's not, as you said, it's not a long album. Like I said, 36 or 38 minute runtime. That's pretty short for albums. I don't know if it's short for albums of that time, but... I believe Blink-182... Uh, <laughs> it's like 22 minutes. <laughs> I think it was like 32 minutes or something like that. I know like one Misfits album, Earth AD, is like 17 minutes. <laughs> but it had like 14 tracks or something. Probably. So. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the few songs that seem extended. Yeah, but not in a bad way. No, it just seems more extent like that you could tell that part was kind of like added yeah it had like a cut sound yeah it did have a cut sound he was notorious for that too like let's take half of this performance and put this other half of the other performance that we did let's just piece those two together he was known for doing that because he was too fucked up to do it again or he just didn't think he'd get no, the right groove just too perf- like he just went I like this more and I like this more like, I don't think we're gonna get the same feeling if we record it again I think it's not only about performance of how they played it, but how it felt. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have a memory of playing it. I mean, I know when I play music with guys, some you can play the same songs and be like, why did that feel so good this time? That was fucking amazing. And then you can play it the next day and you're like, oh boy, that didn't feel good at all. <laughs> and I might have played it technically the same and just as well as I did yesterday, but for some reason there was a feeling that was just dead on. That's how I feel about most things that I create. I might be excited at first and then there's tons of regret. <laughs> so I, I I guess I never have those feelings that I've created something that's just so perfect. Well, uh, coming from me who does create things, it doesn't last long. I eventually hate everything yeah. I've oh, ever created. That makes sense because I do it's, too. It's so weird to me when people enjoy their own things for a long period of time. And like... <sighs> Like when they, they just like listen to their own music all the time. Yeah, don't get it. Yeah, I. You should listen to your own music if you're working on a mix. If you're trying to think, maybe I can make this better. But if you're just driving around listening to your own shit, something's wrong with your fucking brain, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's fair. Yeah. When I put out the Ralph album, the Exercise and Stupidity, I loved it when I first put it out, and now I listen to it and I'm like, I mean, the songs are. I think the songs are still good, but. Man, I thought this sounded okay. Like, what the fuck? Well, it was supposed to be a demo. Yeah, but still, like, I thought it. Yeah, it still is one of the best album sounding demos I've ever put out. So, anyway. So, Sam. Yes. We are to the point of the podcast where I think it's time to go over some questions. I got some questions for you. You got some answers for me. I got some questions for you. What you got? Why did you choose this, Sam? I don't have a good reason. For some reason, the album just... I was trying to think of something that wasn't metal. I was trying to think of something that wasn't punk. And for some reason, it just... All of a sudden, in my my brain, it just popped. Axis Bold as Love. You haven't listened to it in a while? This is one of those albums that I listen to every year. I'll just be like, oh, it's Axis time. And I think it just happened. So brain aneurysm, essentially? Yeah. And then I fell on the floor. I bled out from my ears for a minute. And I woke up. And I was like, Axis, what is love? I just put some cotton balls in your ears to suck up the blood. And then... Yeah, Clarence licked it all up. And then uh, you stopped. And then you came back. It's weird how that happened. So what do you think I thought when you gave it to me? Well, exactly what you said on the last episode. Easy peasy. Well... 
that was my reaction. So I think it's fair to say that my judgment prior to this was that this would be uh, easy as pie. (laughs) (laughs) I knew this was going to be easy. As soon as I thought of it in my brain, I was like, oh, I'm giving Michelle one that's going to be easy. Why easy as pie? I don't know. Is pie, pie is not very easy to make, is it? I would. Th- I mean, it seems like it's a skill. I don't know. I think pies. I guess it depends on the crust that you're trying to come up with. But I just think it's interesting that people say easy as pie, unless it's just like a pumpkin pie. Then it doesn't take as much. Hmm. I think the phrase should be "gross as pie," because pie is gross. I love food, <laughs> and I disagree with you. <laughs> Pie is one of those things I wish I liked, but I just don't. You like a piece of pie. I like pizza pie and I like cake. And you like chicken pot pie? To an extent. As long as it doesn't have like peas and shit in it. Unless chicken pot... I think chicken pot pie should have peas in it. Once again, I wish I liked peas. I think salad should have peas in it. I wish I liked salad. I like peas. I, I, I I would open up a can of peas and eat them. I wish I could do that. <laughs> All right. So uh, how many times did you listen to this? Do you know? In preparation for this, three. I didn't listen to it as much as I should have. Oh, wow. That surprised me. But I've I've listened to this album so many times that I probably could have not listened to it and been fine. But I know I'm not supposed to do that, so I listened to it. <laughs> I listened to it eight times nice. so i i really was i went in on this but i i do really like this album a lot this is this is very easy to listen to um do oh so okay do you think that you know looking at the list that you have in front of you list in front of me what my least favorite song is on this album i'm gonna take a guess that your least favorite song is she's so fine Because uh, we're not counting EXP since it's not no, an actual EXP does not count song. Um, I think I I don't I because I don't actually have this in front of me. Um, yeah, I don't. Hold on, just a fucking second, just a goddamn motherfucking second. All right, we're holding on. She's checking out what she thinks might be her least favorite. It seems like I might be wrong in my guess of she's so fine, unless yeah, tables take a turn. No, I was just thinking. I think it. I think it is. She's so fine. All right, she's so fine. Michelle's least favorite song on the album, even though this fucking drum part rules. I, and, I, and we're saying you just have to choose a least favorite. You still like this song? I mean, a lot. if I honestly had to choose a least favorite track, it's obviously EXP. EXP yeah. It's very skippable. But you can just stop playing it because I don't like even giving attention to it being like the worst song for me because it's not a bad song. Yeah, so it's that horrible dynamic of the questions where yeah. you would just have to choose. And when it comes to what I think your least favorite song is, I'm going to also go with She's So Fine. She's so right. <laughs> I still love this song, but yeah, it's good. I could almost skip it. I'd never do. But I have had the feelings where I almost have. See, this song kind of makes me want to like move my hips. If I'm like standing up and like cooking dinner and I'm like listening to it, this is a song that would make me kind of move back and forth. I know that when it has that poppy. Yeah. Yeah. Ness to it. I know when I first got into this album, that song was 
sort of, I don't want to say rough, but I was like, eh. And then I learned to love it. But it's still, I just still just got to choose that as the least favorite. All right. So next. <sighs> Most favorite Sam. This one's going to be hard. This one is going to be really <laughs> hard because I'm, I'm right now trying to figure out what I think your most favorite song is and I have no fucking I, idea. I, I still at this second do not know what my most favorite song I is. I don't either. <laughs> this is going to be really tough. Um, but I, you're technically supposed to choose or pick for me because I picked I'm for pick you. for you. Because you did first last time. And I think I'm going to go with... You said at one point it would have been your favorite, but I don't know if it moved back into it. The top. But I want to hear it, so I'm just going to say, wait until tomorrow. Even though evidence has already it's told not. me that it wouldn't be. It's not. But I just want to hear it, so. Well, I'm standing here freezing inside your golden garden. All right. Do you know what's your most favorite song? I yes. think so, and it's not what I would have expected, but it's the song that I think has hyped me up the most every okay. time I've listened to this. Um, my fingers move, my body moves. I'm singing Spanish Castle Magic. Going with Spanish I'm, Castle Magic. I'm sh- fucking great song. And I think it it's has everything to do with the percussion. If you ask me, percussion is great because on this the song, song immediately pulls me in, and then right now I'm like. Yeah. Uh, oh. up, yeah. Makes it fucking. Up, up, feel it. Got it. Got it. Got it's it. It's electric. I was, it's pumping me up. Yeah, yeah. You're shaking your titties around. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like moving. It's like moving your blood. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like my, a heartbeat. Yeah. It's so good. So, All right. Yeah. Well, what do you think my favorite song I is? I have no idea. Um, My guess for you, because I really don't know at all. But you did see, okay, so you did say at one point that you thought that Wait Until Tomorrow was really good when I was talking about it, but I still don't think that that's it. Um, fuck. <laughs> um, tick tock, tick tock. I, it's between two. Okay, what are the two? It's probably between Wait Until Tomorrow and Ain't No Tellin'. And I'm sure none of those are right. All right, well, I'm going to play a little snippets from me either. You don't have to do yes. that. I want to hear him again. <laughs> you just played the song. I fall in. <laughs> and ain't no telling. Oh, this guitar part rules. Well, my dear, neither of those is what I've chosen. I wouldn't think so, but I had no idea. What I have chosen is a little song called Spanish Castle Magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not expect this. Have you always felt this way? Oh, I love this fucking song. From like so, I mean, like coming into it for this. I, as soon as I said I don't know what song I'm gonna choose, I remembered. Oh wait, I already chose earlier when I was taking a poop today. It's gonna be Spanish Castle Magic. It's so good. There's something about this song, man. It's got everything I fucking love. The drums, the stops. The oh, syncopation oh, oh, oh. with each other. Yeah, me too. The song is like, amazing. <laughs> and stuff like that. And he just kind of lets loose on the yes. choruses. It's so... He's uh, like the most yelly on this song, too. Yeah, it's like minimal and very controlled during the verses. And then when it's time to go into the chorus, it's just like, ah, hang on! Yes. <laughs> I yeah. just scared the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> he just took off. Yeah, I fucking love that song. Yeah. So we both have the most favorite song on that. Yeah, and we agree. Least favorite. 
We do. Two for two. Holy God. Yeah. Doesn't Holy happen very often, God. but it just happened again. Holy God, I worship the Holy God. Holy God. Is that a real song? No, I just made it up. Okay. It sounded real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, we're done. We're done with that part. How old were you when you first started oh. listening to this? Oh, early 20s. I can't give you an exact age, but we had we have been together. Yeah, so. I felt like it was early in our relationship, and you were really into this, and it got me into this, even though I already was familiar. Yeah, I was working at Pizza Factory, like I said, and I was no joke, ten times a fucking night. Well, and the next, even my brother was like, again, <laughs> and he fucking loves this album, but he just was like, what? Like, come on, listen to Electric Ladyland or something. I'd yeah. be like, no, access. <laughs> so, I mean, about how did you originally feel about this? I mean, like on first listen or like in the beginning or did, did it just immediately like, yes, this is good. I think first listen was one of those. I'm not in love with it yet, but there's something that just keeps attracting me back. That happens a lot with me when I get into things like Hellraiser. I didn't love it at first, but there was just something that was like, why am I so attracted to this? And I just kept revisiting. And then eventually I'm like, I'm fucking obsessed with this. <laughs> I made a Hellraiser reference today, but since you're on off social media, you have no idea, but I'll, I'll tell you about it later. But okay, I would love to know. <laughs> I definitely made, I definitely put a post up and the whole caption was uh, 100% like Hellraiser based. So Sweet. you have totally seeped into <laughs> the me. In many ways. Um, <clears throat> would you recommend this album today? I would recommend this to fucking anyone. It doesn't matter what you listen to. I feel like this album is so important in music history. You just have to listen to this album. I feel like I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I would recommend this album out of probably, this would probably be my most recommended of the Hendrix albums. Someone oh, were like, yeah, What do too. I listen to? Me too. Access. I, th- I think you might have to, recommend are you experienced just because people would know most of those songs but if i'm just basing it off of my favorite the best example of Jimi hendrix experience you have to listen to this album. i think yeah i would i would i mean i love that album but yeah yeah it's got I'm, i might agree about it's this. got everything you can love about Jimi hendrix is on this fucking album well would i choose to listen to this again Absolutely, I recommend it as well. So I think that it's yeah. it's worth a listen. You guys should listen to this album without us interrupting and talking about whatever over it, and even just giving our opinions. Just listen to it for yourself. Love it because that's your only option. Be bold as love. Be bold. So yes, we, as you said earlier, are going to be having a guest next week. We're back to guests. We are, and we're bringing someone back. It's going to be the for his third time. I think this is the first thirder, right? This is the first thirder. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, so far we have only done... God, you and your fucking... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's nice. Thanks. Um, so... Uh, Kent's coming back and he is going Kent. to be Kent Goldsmith. He's going to be finally giving us some music. He's been our horror movie guy. He's been our Halloween special guy. He's our Halloween guy. We did guy. Halloween 2018 the first time and then we did uh, what was the second we one? We did um, Tales from the Crypt Demon, Demon Knight. Knight. He's the horror movie f- uh, aficionado mm-hmm. but now he's coming back to do music for and the first time. Sam, because I don't remember the name of the album, what did he give us? We are listening to 
the way of all flesh by a band named Gojira. 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 Which is funny to me because if the band was called Godzilla, it would be an awful band name. Uh huh. But since it's Gojira, it passes with me. And it's the name of his dog. Yeah, it is. There goes Tokyo. Go, 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 Jira. <laughs> oh, man. We need to re- officially record our... It's Tricky Zilla. Uh, it's Tricky Zilla. The combo, yeah, the so mashup of... Sam and I, and we've recorded... <laughs> I mean, we've performed this multiple times. To no one that enjoyed it. <laughs> no one gives a shit, but it's so much fun to do. Um, it's a mashup of It's Tricky... <laughs> By Run DMC, By Run right? DMC with Godzilla. By Blue Oyster Cult. By the Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> and I think it would have a way better life on the internet yeah. than it would yeah. when we're playing it for people eating dinner at 7.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> in the I, evening. I think that's a good idea. I think Sweet. we should record it and put it online so you guys can hear our rendition of It's Tricky Zilla. <laughs> it's so stupid and so fun. <laughs> oh, my God. And you get to hear me white girl rap. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, that's it. That's it. We are finished with this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. Couple of Critics Podcast. Uh-huh. I hear what's happening. <laughs> Tell people, tell us what you think. Rate us, review us, let us know. Tell your friends. Go to our YouTube channel. Tell your dirty dads, because dirty dads like us. Yeah, YouTube channel, baby. We're reviewing stuff there. Doing music videos. Oh, and by the way, to the asshat that commented, you guys didn't even talk about the song at all. That's because the podcast is about talking about the song. The video. The video is talking about the video. <laughs> He's not an asshat. He yes, he is. Doesn't know our formula. That makes him an asshat. But welcome, book. if you're listening, asshat. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, you affected my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna get out of here. Bye. Bye.